Hi there, Wolt Chums. It's Catherine. And before we get started with this episode, I wanted to let you know that we will be discussing casual alcohol consumption as it relates to your health and fitness journeys. If you feel that you have a more serious issue with alcohol consumption, please connect with a health professional to get more support. And now on with the show. Another calorically promiscuous episode of <laughs> We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I am one of your hosts. I am a tiny habit certified coach. Yeah. I have lost about 135 pounds. Wow. And with me today is Donald Weigel. And I have lost about 100 pounds. And uh, I am uh, the Ed McMahon to Catherine's Johnny Carson to use a very modern and hip reference yeah we love modern and hip references could i could i say that you're my drinking buddy oh (laughs) that's not good (laughs) (laughs) okay okay but you know how we use modern references all the time all the time i mean basically are at the we're based yeah like the tech industry version of weight loss yeah we're constantly referencing things from the now we're on the bleeding edge yeah you might say yeah we're just like the the future is happening and happening and uh, we are uh, we are calling this episode "Save Your Beers for Another Day." We are about to talk about uh, alcohol consumption as it relates to your health and fitness, and we have named this song after a 2021 hit by The Weeknd, which is when a lot of drinking happens. I think yeah. this song was meant to be. Most references that we come up with come up. Because I drive our daughter a long distance to school. Yeah. And we have Sirius XM Radio. Sirius XM, please support our podcast. Yes, we're very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, we'll listen to the 80s channel and the 90s channel. But also, there's a TikToks channel. And they play the weekend and the savior tears for another day. And... I get so tired of all the music, but if I can make them into podcast episodes, I feel like that drive is not wasted. And so here we are. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because, um, you know, we're naming this episode after a, a modern 2021 song, but normally we, all of our references are about like 40 to a hundred years old. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, the, the sometimes ni- from older. From the 1900s. Did, didn't we talk about like Calvin Coolidge in a we couple did. of episodes and, uh, and we've talked about doing it like Chopin and, yeah, <laughs> hundreds we're... of years old. Um, so here are some alternate suggestions. Oh, this is that, new. That for... we, yeah, he's we, springing it on me. We we could have called this "Beers of a Clown." Okay, <laughs> okay. We could have called this "The Tracks of My Beers." <laughs> That's funny. We could have called it "Beers for Fears." Oh, I like it. We could have called it "Driven to Beers," which is the police song "Driven to Tears." Okay. Um, and we could have gone back to the Rolling Stones and called it uh as beers go by (laughs) wow but we're going to be talking about your cocktails yeah and your beers and wines many spirits we're talking about today and look we would like to that was funny i didn't know you were going to talk about (laughs) now i'm like all i'm doing is trying to think of other (laughs) tier songs tier songs exactly um 
before we really get into this, we would like to say if you think you have an actual like alcohol issue, an actual like problem problem, <laughs> you know, you like say things twice to make it to make yeah. it real. Um, this is not the episode for you. This is about about drinking alcohol as it relates to calories and achieving your health and fitness goals. This is not about having a serious alcohol issue. And if you have one, please reach out and get professional help. Don't listen to our yuck yuck podcast yeah. and try and <laughs> try and fix yourself based on that. This is about about your calorie consumption in relationship to that. Yeah. So uh, so thank you for that, Donald. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Why is it so hard for me to be serious? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so. We, uh, so two, two reasons we're bringing, three reasons, maybe at least four reasons we're talking whoa, about this. Whoa, whoa, there are more reasons okay, so than the first, even we realize. The first reason is save your tears for another day. Yeah. The second reason is an article that I found in Health Magazine about drinking and the pandemic. Do you remember that? And when that? she says Health Magazine, she actually means a magazine printed on paper. On paper. Like, when I say magazine these days, usually I mean an internet, like, website magazine. But, uh, <laughs> but magazine, magazine. Actual, like magazine, magazine. That's right. Yeah. Problem, problem, magazine, magazine. Exactly. Um, but also, speaking of problems and things, yeah. Um, casual drinking has gotten in the way of my health goals many, many times. Yeah. And uh, so that was one time, and then I thought I was fine with it, but then it's it's come up again. So that's four times, four reasons we're recording this is because it used to be an issue for me, and now it over the summer it has been an issue for me. The again. once and future issue. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, commercials that you see in things like magazines and on television, they show the summertime is for Michelob and the summer is for fun and and beverages with friends. And I let alcohol take over a little bit this summer. And guess what? I'm up on the scale. Yeah. And and look, we we talk about all the time about not, you know, not ruling things completely out of your diet. And I think that that generally is a good idea. And, you know, unless you're somebody who just can't moderate, but alcohol itself is pretty high in calories. And it also is usually, you know, served with mixers, which also are pretty high in calories. And then on top of that, like, it's not very satisfying when it comes to, you know, satisfying your hunger, in other words. Um, and, you know, I say all the time that I prefer not to drink my calories, even though I love sugary sodas and things like that. I much prefer to eat my calories, which keep me full and satisfied throughout the day rather than drink them. So whereas Donald prefers to eat his snacks, um, and as the episode was called, or I said at the beginning, it is not for me the calories I consume from alcohol because I do enjoy uh, non-mixered drinks. Is that a word? I don't even know. Yes. Um, Non-mixered. Non-mixered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but it does make me calorically promiscuous, and I know it. If I have a drink on an empty stomach, I'm, oh, I'm just kidding. It's just 150 calories. I can spare that. I can fit it into my budget. But it reduces my inhibitions. And those habitions or in <laughs> my habitions are habitions and inhibitions, yes. Are generally related to saying, you know what? I'll uh I'll worry about calories tomorrow. And then I go and I eat more snacks. So whether you're out with others um, at a festive event or at home alone, for me it's not necessarily the caloric impact of the alcohol. 
It's what it incites me to put in my mouth afterward. Yeah, which is eating and <laughs> eating a lot of things. And I know that when I, you know, I have a, a if I have a couple of drinks, then suddenly I'm like, oh, you know what would sound good right now would be all the food. Yeah. <laughs> We some, just get another appetizer for it. the table. Yeah. And another thing that happens all the time with with drinking on a, you know, well, I was going to say on a weeknight, but even on the weekend, you know, having a few drinks, it makes me, you know, want to stay up too late. And, you know, I'm like, oh, just one more or I'll just hang out for a little longer. And then it it will derail me for the next day too. Like, yeah. you know, any plans I had of getting up the next day and exercising or whatever, like they, you know, tend to go out the window when I've decided to, you know, indulge in some alcohol the night before. Yeah. And so one of the things that we, we actually did an episode uh, early in the podcast called it's five o'clock somewhere yeah. where we brought up very similar issues, but now we have more experience and wisdom to share with you about it. Because again, we're talking about creating a sustainable, lifestyle. And for some, that means complete abstinence. Uh, we do have some people in Walt Place who have given up alcohol completely and just said that they're, they don't miss it and their lives are better with it. But for those of us kind of in the middle area, um, it, the actually the article that I saw talked about the gray area of drinking, where maybe it's starting to impact your life just in ways like eating more or skipping workouts or sleeping in and not achieving the goals you want to achieve. That's kind of what we're talking about today is that how are you able to work alcohol into your life without it taking over your habits? And just on a little side note, I know that if I have one drink, it doesn't really uh, affect me much. But if I have two or three, it can really disrupt my sleep yeah. too, just in general. Like I, I will have restless sleep. I'll, I'll have weird dreams and stuff. And, and it really, you know, impedes me getting a good night's sleep to be fresh for the next day. Yeah, for sure. So the article from Health Magazine talked about, and this is an actual statistic. You love numbers, Donald. So here we go. We all love numbers. Everybody's into numbers and math. If there's one thing I've learned about people, it's that they love numbers and math. Uh, okay. So uh, Nielsen with a capital N. I guess yeah. all Nielsens are capital N's, but not Liam Neeson. No, that's Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Nielsen. Liam Nelson. <laughs> Nelson Nielsen. Yeah, who uh, who came up with ratings for TV shows that's back in right. the day. Yeah. I'm great at this. I'm basically Barbara Walters. Um Nielsen reported a 54%. Another timely Barbara Walters reference, by the way. Nielsen reported a 54% increase in the U.S. sale of alcohol for the week ending March 21st, 2020. Anybody remember what happened that week, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The world shut down because of COVID. But online sales of alcohol actually went up by something like 240% also that week because people were, aside from toilet paper, people were stocking up on alcohol. Yeah, and and uh, uh, dumbbells also, by the way, were yeah, impossible we to find about. right then for some reason. Yeah, that's the trifecta. But in this episode, we want to talk again about our ability to work alcohol into our lives in a way that doesn't sabotage our efforts. And we will start again with additional numbers. Donald, off the top of your, your head, do you remember how many days there are in the week? Off the top of my head, eh, it's something like seven. Seven, seven. Yeah. Do you actually, we talked about this the other day. Do you think the week starts on a Sunday or a Monday? Um, I, 
I think the week starts on Monday. I do too. I think it ends on Sunday. I think so too. Yeah. But here's the a thing. Lot, a lot of uh, like calendars, though, start on Sunday, which is weird. So do you happen to also remember the percentage of the week that each day is? I do. Oh, man. I do. I, you caught me off guard. Is I it do. like 17? No, it's 14.28%. Okay. So we'll start again with the weekend, which he spells it differently. The guy in the, the music videos. Yeah. He spells it. He, he forgets an E. And by like the way, he I actually it. really liked his Super Bowl halftime show. I know a lot of people didn't. But it was I liked it was it. A, it was intense. It was yeah. definitely a different experience. I, don't know. I enjoyed it, but I I actually like him anyway. So a lot of times, what happens on Fridays? Friday, it's the weekend. <laughs> Friday, a Friday. Yeah. That's how they say it in New Jersey. Yeah, weren't we just talking about being yeah, Friday? They do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. They don't say day at the end. Yeah, uh, but if each day of the week represents fourteen point two eight percent of the week. If you start celebrating cracking some brews, do people crack brews? They sure do. Uh, if you start drinking on Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, suddenly you are at 43% of your week yeah. that you're potentially sabotaging with caloric promiscuity from eating too much yeah, and drinking too much. Exactly. And if you're like me from six years ago, I would also have a glass of wine every night when I got home from work to unwind and then uncap the hummus container and eat 1,500 calories worth of hummus and crackers every night because hummus is a superfood. Yeah, and we talked about on the last episode um, developing your identity as a healthy, fit person, and I had developed this identity yeah. of being, you know, that adult drunk wine and that they did it routinely at night and that adults ha were members of wine clubs and had bottles of wine come. And, well, when you open a bottle of wine, you've got yeah. to drink the whole thing. You can't, you know, let it sit there and you can't let it go bad. Um, and, you know, that contributed greatly to my type 2 diabetes um, and, you know, being diagnosed with that and then, you know, sort of for me starting the ball rolling on this whole thing. But it is difficult sometimes to get rid of those notions of, you know, well, this is what adults do. Adults have a, you know, a couple of drinks with dinner every night, you know, or it's not dinner without a couple of drinks every night, or it's not dinner without a glass of wine, or boy, I really... Yeah, it's not brunch each, without Each work day, yeah, I have to have this to unwind, or I really deserve this at the end of the day. It's really hard to give up those notions. But in the long run, if you develop the notion that, you are in charge of your health and fitness goals, it can serve you much better. Yeah. And we do know people who are able to work in a beverage every evening and not have it sabotage their efforts. Like, again, we're not medical professionals. We're not talking about serious drinking issues. But people who are like, oh, I just have one and it's fine. Or I have a white claw and it's not a big deal. Right. But for me, I definitely used it as a loophole of I get to stop taking responsibility for myself when I have a cocktail because I know that if I, you know, just cross a certain threshold, I'm going to go and snack about it. And I think, too, as, you know, the world has opened up in 2022, we've had more opportunities to go out and see people and we've, you know, had family come to visit. And a lot of that revolves around an evening drink or let's meet at a thing for whatever. And for you, Donald Weigel. You, Donald yes, Weigel. Yes, me. Football season is coming. Yeah. And Sundays are beer days. And you sit on the couch and you enjoy or you go to a f football place and watch things and 
Yes, uh, go to know, a football place. Yeah, by the time this episode is posted, uh, we will be we will be into the real NFL season. And yeah, it it can be difficult to to disassociate like your your poker night or a sporting event from you know having to have alcohol when you do it. Yeah. So for those of you working on integrating alcohol into your life, we can go back to Gretchen Rubin, friend of the show. Yes. And use some of her methods to really come up with ways to be the champions of our choices instead of the continuous victim of our choices. And one of her big, you know, I don't know, deals, that's not a thing. That's not, a, <laughs> that's not a, a unit of measurement. Yeah, Gretchen Rubin's deal is... is... Is having policies around when you consume certain types of food or drink. And for me, for a long time, I had... My identity or my policy was I only drink alcohol on the weekends in the evening. So that would be two nights a week, a Friday night and a Saturday night. And for a long time, like through the pandemic, I had a really good habit of just like, okay, Friday night is beverage night, Saturday night, and that's it. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was one beverage. Yeah. And, but then after that, and when Donald was first diagnosed with diabetes, we didn't drink for a whole year. Yeah, I didn't have any alcohol for at least a year. Yeah. And, but in this last summer, I've talked about it being kind of stressful and overwhelming and not really going the way I'd hoped it would. And it was time to unwind also. And I kind of let go of my policy. Well, I didn't kind of, I just let go of my policy and it was suddenly a Monday night, and wouldn't it be nice? It's hot out. It's it's 95 degrees outside. Why don't I have one cocktail? Yeah. And then the next night, why don't I have one cocktail, but I'll add a little bit more spirits to that. And why don't I, and why don't I? And guess what? I am up on the scale uh, as of right now. And that is, it's not because of the alcohol. It's because of the caloric promiscuity that came after the drink. So seeing the impact on the scale and the results of my poor choices gives me the opportunity to reassess and reestablish some of those policies. And for you out there, what you might want to do is really think about how much alcohol you're consuming. When are you consuming it? Is it by yourself? Is it with other people? How does it fit into your week? And how could you scale it back? We're not talking about, okay, that's it. I'm going drive for a month and then I'll go back to my normal habits. Yeah. But how could you dial it back if you are drinking, you know, starting in the morning on a Saturday all the way through Sunday with activities with friends? What policy could you put in place that wouldn't feel like punishment, but actually like, you know, it's in my best interest if I don't drink before 4 p.m.? It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can just set a policy in place as sort of a safety guard against sabotaging your own efforts. Yeah, and you can do something that that feels right for you, and you don't have to be married to it forever. You can adjust as time goes on. And, you know, for example, you know, Catherine's policy of a drink just on weekend nights, so one drink on a Friday, one drink on a Saturday, like I, I really like that for myself, but maybe for you it might be, 
once every other week. You know, maybe you do it even less often, like every time you, you know, get your oil changed or every time you go to a dentist or every time you get your hair cut, like that is your your one drink, you know, occasion. Yeah. We actually have someone in Molt who was talking about how she no longer drinks at home casually. If she goes out with friends to a brewery or something, she will have a cocktail or a drink, but she doesn't have it at home. And that just adds a safety guard for those nights where you come home and you just like, hey, you know, wouldn't it be fun to just unwind and have a drink? So policies can come in, in different forms. Either it can be contextual, like who you're with, when or where you drink can also be an issue. Maybe it's a policy of I do not drink by myself. <laughs> yeah, if that's yeah, your yeah. issue. If, you know, but other for others it might be more difficult when you are with other people. Another policy you could put in place is I do not drink on an empty stomach. Yeah. I know that if I haven't eaten anything that I will feel a buzz more quickly. So you might have a policy of not drinking unless you're also eating something because if I drink on an empty stomach it goes to my head much more quickly. So you could just have a policy of eating and drinking at the same time. Yeah, and and look, the for me, the once a week or the the twice a week, the Friday night Saturday night really gives me something to look forward to. It becomes a nice treat. And and I know we talk about the hedonic treadmill all the time. And you know, it it may sound odd, but when I was drinking like most nights of the week, even if it was just one or two glasses, I found that I, I didn't enjoy it as much. But if I save it for that once a week, it actually is, is more special and becomes more of a treat than it would if I was doing it more routinely. Yeah. And honestly, this summer I found that we had, we had people visiting and I would sit out on our, uh, lanai, our veranda, whatever yeah. you want to call it, <laughs> yeah. with a beverage. I didn't have anywhere to drive. We were just at home. Why not just have a, a beverage on a summer night? But then again, realizing that it was sabotaging my efforts, taking it apart and deciding what was actually fun about it or what mattered about it. I have this cool uh, tiki glass that we got uh, yeah. at Star Wars Land at yeah. Disneyland. Galaxy's with, Edge. With Ewoks yeah. on it, Yeah, um, which I know I'm very mature. But I was having a frosty beverage in that. And then I realized what I enjoy is sitting outside on the veranda with my Ewok tiki mug. So I have switched from alcohol to having a frosty fresca, uh, which is an actual real drink. It's not made up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, someone in Walt asked because they weren't from the U.S. and they didn't have fresca. Yeah. But what I actually enjoy is getting out of the house and relaxing. So when Donald has been getting home, instead of going for a drink, I grab a fresca, I grab my Ewok mug because I'm a grown up, and we go and sit outside for a little while and chat without alcohol. And guess what? We still like each other. Yeah, we still do after all these years. And I, I think that's a great tip. Like even if if it's not a, you know, the alcoholic beverage of your choice, if you once in a while like mix it up with something sparkling, like something bubbly or or something, you know, festive that you wouldn't normally drink, that could be a nice treat as well. I think too the the really important point here is to make sure that the calories really fit into whatever your plan is. Make sure that the beverage fits in because I think a lot of times we think about alcohol as being extra or like that it's just liquid. It, it's... it doesn't count. Yeah. It's like I'm going to eat all the calories I'm going to eat and then I'm going to have the drink and I'm not even going to track it. Yeah. And I mean, and we've shown lots of, uh, of slides in Walt Place of the I'm doing everything right 
well, but I'm not tracking on weekends and I'm not really factoring that in. And you think you're eating at a deficit because five days I ate at a deficit. Why am I not losing weight? Oh, because I ate twice as many calories on Saturdays and Sundays because I was drinking and going out to bars or whatever. So it sabotages your efforts week after week. And it can be hard too when you have friends who prompt that kind of behavior. I know the more we have gone out with people and the more interaction we've had, the harder it is to put those boundaries in place. Yeah. And and look, I wanted to, uh, I'm not going to read like every sort of calorie friendly drink in the world, but I, I, you know, put together a nice list of some things that are, that are pretty calorie friendly that you can fit into your plan. A, a 12 ounces of a regular beer, and we're not talking like a very high alcohol count beer, but a regular beer is about 153 calories. An ounce and a half of gin, whiskey, vodka, tequila, rum is about 100 calories before you put a mixer in it. So if you add, you know, if you like those things straight, great. If you if you add a very low calorie mixer or a diet mixer, you know, you can you can get a lot of bang for your buck that way. Five ounces of red wine, about 125 calories. Five ounces of white wine, about the same. Um, four ounces of champagne, 84 calories, four ounce margarita, which I know that's really small, but 170 calories, a three and a half ounce whiskey sour, 160 calories. And then Catherine mentioned earlier, the, the hard seltzers, like a white claw or whatever, like those are only about a hundred calories. And, you know, I hate, maybe hate to admit it. It doesn't seem like a grown up drink, but I enjoy them. I think they're good. I think it is exclusively a grown up drink. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> But also it gets to that, you know, what if you do have trouble because you are a social person? We're both introverts, so it's easier yeah, for us Yeah, it might to be not. easier for us. But one of the things that we find, too, is changing up social situations to not be focused on alcohol and evenings. So, for example, if you have a bunch of friends that always get together on an evening for a happy hour or game night with alcohol. What about trying to switch it up every once in a while, even yeah. every third hangout? Do a morning hike instead of... Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I have a few friends. I'm trying to imagine talking them into a morning hike, but it would be <laughs> fun. It would be good for me. Yeah, but also you could switch up the event to be more of like, hey, and and this wouldn't be a, a bro thing, maybe with your with your bros. <laughs> hey, you don't know what bros do. I pretty much know what your bros do. Oh, you do. do. Okay, all right. But maybe it is more of a daytime. Like you go to when you go to conventions and stuff. It you're not drinking while you're walking the the floors of the convention. It's true, but we're thinking about it later. Thinking about drinking. Yeah, no, not really. But perhaps take a cooking class with friends or have a morning book club. You know, at a restaurant where you're not going to drink because right. you're driving. You know, you can switch things up and it doesn't have to be, you know, a line in the sand. That's it, everybody. We're not drinking anymore. But sometimes too, we outgrow friendships that don't really meet our health needs. And I used to have this this thought and look, it still occurs to me all the time. When there's a get together, one of the first things I think of, if not the first thing, is, okay, how do we get food involved in this? What will the food be? And how do I use this gathering as an excuse to eat all the food or drink all the drinks? And it's that mindset of remembering that it's really about the friendship and the good times yeah. and and not making the alcohol or the food the center of the get-together. Yeah. And I mean, you could do a coffee date. Make it a morning oh, hangout yeah. Ooh, instead I like of coffee. an evening hangout. Do a 5K. Take a class. I literally wrote, some, wrote something and I have no idea what it is. I don't even want to spell it. P-O-G-A-T-T-E-E. -E. I have no idea. Potagata? I have no idea what that is, but I put it <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't I, help you here. Sometimes I'm writing, I'm like, I'll remember what that is, and it didn't yeah. work out. But what could you change up in your friendship circle so that it wasn't all alcohol-based? Because it really does bring us down. And one person in Walt actually was talking about how she was in a running group, and at oh, the yeah. end of the run, they would all go to a bar and drink, or that was kind of the vibe of the the event. Yeah. And she told me about, and this article also talks about, finding sober activity groups. Apparently, that is a thing. She said she found another running group that was specifically a sober running group that met for coffee afterward, which again can change the vibe. You yeah. become like the people that you spend time with. Um, they're also, from this article that I saw in Health Magazine, there's a group for middle-aged moms why are you pointing fingers at me? Um, Where does this group meet? Hmm. On the interweb. Interesting. Oh, um, on the internet. Yeah, but um, it, there's a website called drytogether.org, D-R-Y together.org. Ah. But it's um, a social interaction group for women that has a book club and speakers and that kind of thing, but it's not alcohol-related. There are so many uh, vessels of beverage at Home Goods that are like, you know, I'm here for the booze. And like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. if it's booze, it's my booze whatever and that's funny ha 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 but there is a culture home is where the wine is <laughs> yeah exactly but there's this culture of let's drink about it and that can be really tough when you have health issues there are sure there are people who can have a beverage and walk away and not be snacky about it but that's not me and so being around people who have a similar purpose and a similar tolerance can help you achieve your goals but conversely they can also sabotage if they're leading you down a path of drinking more than you're comfortable with yeah absolutely and a few things around boundaries the article also says that Alcohol change is a challenge on its own, but especially around other people. So setting boundaries, I know it's hard, but you don't have to justify not drinking. If you're the kind of person who can just say, nope, I'm not drinking right now. It doesn't make me feel good. Like I feel like crud the next morning. You can just keep it to a short answer. And, and you don't have to announce it. Like yeah. you don't have to make it a big deal. Like, oh, I'm not drinking right now because it invites questions and peer pressure and all of that. Like just get just get something to drink and don't you don't have to say anything or draw attention to it. Yeah. So you can say, no, thanks. I'm driving and just leave it at that. And another option is to build a strong support team. Not everyone is going to support your health goals, whether it's alcohol related or food related. Not everyone is going to be on your side. So reach out for those friendships that support your endeavors. Absolutely. And another thing to consider is that the people who aren't supporting you are just people who might not want to change themselves and they feel threatened by your changing. Oh, but we used to go drinking in college. Oh, we used to go, you know, do this. That was so fun. They might feel threatened by the change. So figure out other ways to spend time with people that is not necessarily alcohol related. Absolutely. That's a great idea. So the biggest part of this, and I think this is kind of where I fell flat before, is that I saw not drinking or not eating what I wanted to as a penalty yeah. for bad behavior. So we talk a lot about identity in what place, we only look thin place, and I talk, and I think we did an episode um about what to say when you talk to yourself. Yeah, we've and done a few. Words really matter. So when we use the word can't, oh, I can't drink. Oh, I can't because I'm on a diet. Oh, I can't whatever. We take a stance of a victim. So if we say to ourselves, 
I can't drink alcohol on weeknights. Like Catherine Donald said I shouldn't. So like, I'm not going to. <laughs> and you say it in that voice yeah. too. Um, but what you're thinking or what you're picking up on is why does everyone else get to unwind and enjoy life except me? This isn't fair. I'm on a plan. Blah. Like, and it feels like a punishment. Yeah. But when we look at our identity and think about the why it matters, like why, why do you feel better when you don't drink? When we think about the identity reframe of I don't drink on weekdays, we get to, you know, really consider why this matters to our identity. So it could be I don't drink alcohol on weeknights because it often leads to poor sleep, makes me feel sluggish, and I end up overeating, Yep. which leads me to skip my planned yoga practice in the morning. I don't make breakfast for myself. I end up getting a takeout lunch and then I sabotage the whole next day. I'm not saying you're going to say that all in once, but it's like when you, when you see the ripple. That's the mantra you need of, to say every time. Yeah. But when you go, this is why I don't do it because yeah. I feel sluggish and tired and it affects my medication and I sleep in late and I don't go to my yoga class. It just, you know, the, it's not just the alcohol calories that matter. It's the lifestyle that it supports. So the reframe for only drinking on the weekends is I'll save a glass of wine for Friday night when I know I can sleep in on Saturday and still get in my yoga practice later in the morning and I'm not so time constricted. So balancing it to this is why I do it and this is how it fits into my life. And that's why I feel good. I mean, it's not like you would say like, oh, man, I can't drink at work. Like, that's bull. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Nobody would say that. It's just not done. It's not you don't even need a policy to not drink at work because it's just expected that you don't drink at work. Yeah. And that's OK. But just having policies on weeknights of, you know what? I don't drink on week on, on weekdays. I just don't do it. I don't go to concerts on weekdays. I don't plan multiple nights of activity because I'm an introvert and I need time to re, you know, refuel myself. It's not a penalty. It's designing your life to support what you know makes you feel your best. We have an opportunity to control our choices and to really observe our habits and how they're serving us. And I can tell you, even after these years of maintenance, I gained 10 pounds this summer from letting go of my policies and not prioritizing them. And it feels really good to be in the month of September with my my habits and my policies back in place because it gives me control over my choices. And instead of feeling like a victim to circumstance, the policies just help me keep my choices in order. I don't have to have willpower or grit or white knuckle because my policy just says that's not what I do because it doesn't make me feel good. And it really helps streamline and make it easier to do the things that you say you want, which is to lead a healthy and happy lifestyle. Very well said. And thank all of you for taking control of your choice to listen to this podcast. We are grateful for each and every one of you. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, all of our episodes are available wherever you found this one and also on our website anytime at weonlylookthin.com. Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can click the link on Join Our Support Group to find out more about Wolt Place. We Only Look Thin Place. It's a weight loss support and accountability group based on Facebook for women. It is not a weight loss plan. We've got people doing intermittent fasting, keto, calorie counting, weight watchers, but we are a place for support and accountability and fellowship because this goes so far beyond a plan and into who we are cultivating as people. So it's a great place for support. 
We have two subscription options, a monthly subscription with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wolf Place is right for you. I uh, didn't want to interrupt you, but I was imagining like the person in Wolf Place who does each of those things in rotation, like on Monday, they're on Weight Watchers, Tuesday, they're keto, Wednesday. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. I thought Friday, it was funny. I'm in Wolf. <laughs> no, exactly. See? Um, you can also interact with us on social media at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Or you can send us an email. Uh, we would like to hear from you. If you have any suggestions on how you handle alcohol with your health and fitness program, we would like to hear from you. We would also like episode suggestions. Uh, compliments are always good. And you can send questions to We Only Look Thin at gmail.com. Yep. And if you have a couple of extra minutes and are feeling generous, can you head over to Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review? Not only does it make us feel good and know that what we're doing actually matters, and, and we're like four and a half years into this, almost yeah. five, um, makes us know that we're what we're doing matters, but it also boosts our ratings in the Apple algorithms and helps other people find our podcast. So we would really appreciate it. And another thing that helps people find our podcast is simply you telling them about us. Uh, if you uh, know somebody who you think might like the show, we would appreciate you giving us a mention. Uh, word of mouth is one of the best ways in which the show grows. Indeed. So the next time you're trying to remember the most hip and happening <laughs> couple on the planet, just remember Catherine and I are an, an inspiration. inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.